now God wants to speak to our hearts. Because as you know, these evenings, just as we wait on the Lord together and bring in the new year together, we don't waste these moments. We get before God. Can I have an amen in the house? So that God can speak to us because his word is the only thing that brings life His word is the only thing that brings direction. And as we move into the realm of the spirit, the word of God is like the guidelines that we can move forward. The future begins here. The future begins now. You are destined to reign. Yes, you are. And that begins now. 2016, I announce, will be for you and us the year of overcoming. Romans 8 verse 37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Then one verse in Revelation 3 verse 21. To him who overcomes I will grant to sit with me on my throne As I have also overcome and sat down with my father on his throne. Revelation 3 verse 21 is the end of the messages that the Spirit was addressing to the seven churches of Asia Minor. And at the end of every message, there is a promise. To those who overcome, a new name. Be, name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. And here is the final promise after all those messages to all those churches, which kind of is the crowning promise of all. To whom, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. You are going to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. That is, if you overcome. If you sit back and allow everything to happen, just as it happens, 
You won't qualify for this, but if you say, I'm going to rise up and make not just 2016, but every day from now onwards count and I'm going to overcome, you will sit down with Jesus on his throne and rule and reign with him forever. That's the word of God. Amen. You see, the devil knows all about his game of thrones. He plays his game of thrones. Try to snatch the throne from the Father. And Jesus has destroyed Satan and all his plans. And now we don't play with the devil any game of thrones. We just take our place. Amen. We just take our place. Seated with Christ in heavenly places. We've just celebrated Christmas. And a baby was born on Christmas, which they say was destined to be king. That's not quite the whole truth. We have many, many babies born into the world in history who have become kings. But only one king who's become a baby. And his name is Jesus. And in that, the incarnation... God becoming man into this world, it was for a purpose, one purpose only, that he would raise up to God many, many, many children and that we would share together ruling and reigning with him. So you are destined to reign. You are destined to rule. And the only condition is that you overcome. Overcoming is in your blood. Did you know that? If, you, if you're born into the kingdom of God, you have the king's nature in your veins. You've got royal blood, royal overcoming, Satan-breaking power flowing through your veins. That's your spiritual DNA. If you belong to Christ, you are a winner. You're not a loser. The devil's the loser. He's already lost the battle. In fact, we just read it earlier. It says you are more than a conqueror through Christ who loved you. You are more than a conqueror through him who loved you. More than a conqueror. The word is hyper-conqueror. It doesn't just mean that you've won a battle or that you enter into some kind of a victory, it means you have, you are part of the mother of all victories, the victory to end all battles. Jesus has already defeated sin, hell, death, and the grave. Amen. More than a conqueror. What does that mean? It means whatever happens to you, you win. That's it. Whatever happens, you win. Whatever happens, if it's good, you win. If it's difficult, you win. Whatever happens, you win because nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ. Nothing can destroy you. Nothing can discourage you. Nothing can cause you to fail. Nothing can cause you to go back to where you were. You are in Christ and he saves, he keeps, he delivers, he protects, he heals and he will bring you through. 
If you go back in Romans 8 verse 31, it lists some of these things. If God is for us, who can be against us? He didn't spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He's already given you everything and giving you Jesus. He's not going to give you anything more. He's given you everything. And if he has already given you Jesus, how shall he not also along with him freely give you uh, a few things? Amen? You're not listening to me. I, was just, I just tested you out. <laughs> Let's try it again. So if you've already given us Jesus then how shall he not also along with Jesus give us a few more things? More things. What does it say? All things. Amen. And it says, look at this in verse, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who? Tribulation? No. Distress? No. Persecution? No. Famine? No. Nakedness? No. Peril? No. Sword? No. (laughs) Whatever is thrown at us, we win. The devil's played his game and he's lost. So, I say all of that, and I don't know if I've stressed it enough. I hope you've caught it. Because when we look out onto the world today, we see despair, desperation, war, oppression, Suffering, darkness, it looks as if the devil is having a field day. And in our own nation also, it seems that darkness is coming more thickly, more deeply, more darkly every single year. You know why that is? That is giving you and I an opportunity to let our light shine. Have you ever heard of darkness overcoming the light? Hasn't the light overcome the darkness? And so in this, in this background, the Bible says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. It's impossible for the darkness to extinguish light. We have already won. Jesus Christ is already raised from the dead. Satan has already been judged, cast out, driven out. And the time is coming when Christ will come back and will reinforce his victory and enforce his victory and transform not just the heavens but the whole earth also. And that is when you and I are going to come into our own as joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That's the future. But you know, the future is already here. That's the message of the Bible. Oh, not in its fullness, but it's already here. I remember 
when I was a boy, I'm still a bit the same. Today, I remember when I was a boy, I had difficulty going to sleep at night. Because my mind would be so full of ideas. And I'd be thinking and dreaming and inventing things in my mind. Do you know, way, way, way back then, I, was, I loved movies. We used to go to the cinema, sixpence, and watch the latest black and white mega blockbuster movie, Flash Gordon, <laughs> Superman, Tarzan, and the Three Stooges. <laughs> and I'll be, I said, why can't I watch a movie? So in my mind, I invented a little device with a screen on it that you could hold in your hand and watch movies under the cover in the bed. I even, even invented something you put on your eyes like a pair of glasses and you could watch glorious panoramic views in Technicolor. How many know that that future is already here? The only thing is, I just dreamed about it, but Google and Apple did something about it. <laughs> they did it. And I tell you, friends, we've got to learn not just to dream, but work for that dream to be a reality. The future is already here. What does that mean? It means that what once was impossible now is possible. Back in the day, if I if I'd had taken my idea to some technical developer, they would say, Sonny, dream on. You're about 50 years ahead of your time. It's not possible. We don't have the technology. But when that technology is developed, then the future is now. The future arrives. So, in your own life, if the word of the Lord is the future has arrived, it means that the things you thought were impossible have now suddenly become possible. The things that you tried to do and failed, you will find you'll be able to do without even really trying. Because the future is here. So often we, we look towards the things that are to come and, and we enjoy the prophetic. Oh, I tell you, people of God, a mighty move of the Spirit is coming to Kensington Temple. Amen, 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 hallelujah. I tell you, the mighty healing power of Jesus is going to hit this house. Amen, 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 amen. Everybody loves prophecy, 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 prophecy. But you can't live always by prophecy. You've got to have some fulfillment. Thank God that the age of fulfillment is here. Often people think of this, well, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. What have you been planning? What have you been wanting to do? And you know God wants you to do it, and, and, and you're not doing it, and you're putting it off till tomorrow. Mañana, mañana, mañana está aquí. 
Don't keep saying tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Don't you speak Spanish? Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Tomorrow is here. Amen. So, so those things that you are saying, I'm going to do. Like I'm going to go to Bible college. It's here. I'm going to get married. It's here. I'm going to do something for God. It's here. I'm going to start that business. It's here. I'm going to go for that further education course. It's here. Stop putting off tomorrow because tomorrow has just arrived. It's just arrived. Spiritually, we are in the presence of the future, not just we're in the presence of the future in so many devices and things like that. How many people have got a Bible with them tonight? Would you lift it up? Yes, one of these. No, not one of those. (laughs) One of these. No, you don't borrow your... You you borrowed that from somebody else. Okay. What have you got down here? This shiny thing. What is this? Hmm? What is this? That's a Bible. Let me see. There are no pages. How many versions have you got on here? Two. Who said all of them? How big's your device? You see, the future is here. The future is here. In in your devices, in my device here. Wow, I've got many. I've got many versions here. I've got versions in language I've never even heard of. (laughs) The future is here in so many ways. Okay. The things which were once impossible have become possible in the area of technology. What is God saying to us? Wake up. You Google lovers, you Apple lovers, wake up. What I am what you are seeing in the physical. Don't you know? I've already done in the spiritual. What was once impossible, the stuff of little boys' dreams and adult jokes. <laughs> Silly boy. Should go to sleep instead of pretending to watch movies on a handheld device. <laughs> I'd like to show it to them now, but all those people who laughed are dead. They're gone. They were the old people back in the day. Now, in the realm of the spirit, we are also in the presence of the future. This is what the Bible says. That's what Jesus came to announce. He says, the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven was always future. But when he arrived, he said, it is here. But it wasn't here in all its fullness. That's what confused people. John the Baptist was confused. He said, are, are you really the Messiah? If you're the Messiah, what in Messiah's name am I doing in prison under a death sentence? I'm going to lose my head. 
And Jesus said, tell John what you see and hear. The signs of the kingdom are evident. The kingdom has come, it is coming, and one day will come in all its fullness. We're in the presence of the future. And if the future for us is that we are going to reign and rule with Christ on his throne, just as he's seated with the Father on the Father's throne, he says, I'm moving up because I'm giving you some space. You, I want you to sit with me on my throne and rule with me. Wow. I mean, it's mind-blowing. And when you look out now and you say, well, if that's the case, why is it so tough? Why is it when I, I want to go God's way, something pulls me back called stinking flesh and says, no, no, wouldn't you prefer to have another box of chocolates? Wouldn't you prefer to enjoy yourself a little bit? And if, if, if this victory is ours, how come we see so much oppression and wickedness and see the wicked people flourish, false religions flourish, uh, and, and societies move further and further away from God? What is going on? What is happening? Well, there is one explanation amongst others I want to share with you tonight. I'll tell you what is happening. You are in training for reigning. We live in a hostile world. A world that is still governed by satanic powers and principalities and powers which have not yet been fully the victory of Jesus, not yet been fully manifested over them. That the Bible says he must reign until all his enemies become a footstool for his feet. And he does that mainly by intercession. You know what is going to be, by faith for it tonight to happen, and certainly by Sunday will be sealed in your spirit because we are entering into a dimension of intercession where you have never imagined possible. The one who is seated at the right hand of the Father, Romans chapter 8 says, what is he doing there? He ever lives to make intercession for us. And on Sunday morning, we'll show you, all Sunday, we'll show you how the intercessor on the throne is in touch with the intercessor in your heart. That's how he rules. By asking the Father. And the kingdom comes through prevailing prayer. If you suffer with him, it says, you will share in his glory. That's what it says in Romans 8, verse 17. If children and heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. We suffer with him. And therefore we are glorified with him. How many people want to be glorified with Jesus? Uh, don't fall for it, unless you really mean it. How many people want to be glorified with Jesus? You have just signed the agreement for suffering. 
to come into your life. Hallelujah. No, 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 no. I just want the blessing. Oh, yes, but I said, if you over, overcome, you will sit on his throne. Who was it? Poor old Jane Fonda. No pain, no gain. Do you remember that? You go into a gym. You say, I want a pain-free bodybuilding exercise. Forget it. There can be no triumph without a trial. There can be no victory without a battle. There can be no overcoming without obstacles. So what God is saying is, I I am training you for reigning. So don't just sit back and expect the kingdom to come while you're watching smell-o-vision. Get up off your rotunda Get down on your knees, bow before the living God and begin to pray an agonizing prayer. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then watch the results. Amen? This kind of overcoming comes as as a result of agonizing in the kingdom of God. And we, we don't have to go far. I'll say more about this on Sunday, but you know, I really understood the kingdom of God very recently when I went to Paris and I was there in Volt, that Avenue Boulevard de Voltaire and there I stood outside of all, where all those flowers and candles were placed and, and messages of consolation and grief were poured out in front of the Bataclan concert venue. We, we, just, we drove past the place where somebody had, had taken out a machine gun and, and just peppered the whole of the restaurant with bullets. 18 people dead. Driving past, people are still embracing, crying. A month later, as I stood there in that venue, on the outside of the venue, there was a, a bus there for people who could to pray and People to receive counsel. And there's I stood and kind of opened myself up to the suffering that that place represented. And tears streamed down my face. The messages of condolence, young people. And right there in that place of pain and suffering, I felt the presence of God as powerful as any place on earth. I did not expect that. Why? Because where there's suffering and people gather with compassion The church of Jesus Christ is to be a church of compassion. You don't don't have to go looking for suffering. It'll find you. It'll find you in your family. Find you in your workplace. Find you in your street. Find you 
anywhere you are, people all around are hurting and suffering. And when you come with the love of Christ, as more than a conqueror, knowing nothing can separate you from that love. Knowing that that love is constantly supplied to you in super abundance, making you a super hyper conqueror in every situation, in every circumstance. And you pour out that love to other people. You begin by praying. When that happens, God's kingdom comes and you give birth to new creation experience in your life and those around you. That's how we overcome. We do not use the weapons of our warf- of earthly warfare. We use the weapons of prayer, of love, of compassion and the presence of God. What are you going to overcome in 2016? Let me throw out some overcoming opportunities. Number one, deepening your relationship with God. Are you going to overcome everything that holds you back from that? Deepening your relationship with God, living in His presence, knowing His power, not just talking about it, but knowing his power in your life. And with that power, overcoming every obstacle. Even if it looks like you are defeated and they will point the finger and say, look what happened to you. You lost your job. Look what happened to you. This went wrong. That went wrong. Nothing went wrong. I'll tell you why. Because all things work together for good to those who love God and who are the called according to his purpose. We win. Whatever happens, we win. What are you going to overcome? Are you going to overcome the shallowness in your spirit and go into a deep relationship with God where you hang on his presence, strain your ear for every word and act on everything he says because that's where his power is released. It's time to overcome 2016. We're in the presence of the future. Overcoming the pull of the flesh that robs you of God's best. Doing that by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's just so amazing when you read Romans 8. It talks about people who are carnally minded. People who are in the flesh. Who can never please God. And then Paul says, but you are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit. He doesn't say, if you wake up early enough and have five out of seven quiet times and successfully heal a mashila in tongues until breakfast time, then you're in the spirit. No. He says, you are in the spirit because the spirit is in you. Hallelujah. Why do we always try so hard to be spiritual? 
You don't have to try hard to be spiritual. You are spiritual if you're born again. The spirit lives inside you. And of all the other thoughts that go through your mind constantly throughout the day, there are some thoughts that are so clearly from God that that is proof that these thoughts never originated in you and with you, but by the Spirit of God on the inside of you. That desire to get closer to God. 2016, here it comes. That hunger and thirst for His presence. That desire to know him and understand his ways. God, show me your ways. That deep disappointment you have within, with yourself. Because you know that you are so far still yet from what he's called you to be. But still, there is that energizing power of the Holy Spirit that speaks to you day and night don't give up he who has begun a good work in you shall continue it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ hallelujah we're in the presence of the future the spirit of God is, is, is the power of the age to come but we know him now we enjoy him now and, and one of the, some of those things that, that the flesh robs us of, relationships. Destroying relationships. Put to death that flesh stuff. Live in the presence of who you are. Marriage. So many people are seeking God for marriage. God, when is it going to come? Would you give Colin my name so he can announce to me the name of my partner so that by January the 5th we can be married? You know, I tell you something. When you resist the flesh and flow with the Holy Spirit, God releases in his time, in his way. And the more you try in your own energy, the worse it gets. In this whole area of personal evangelism, are you going to overcome in that area? How can you be sure of what you believe and communicate with confidence? This, this sense of, I'm scared to talk about Jesus, the chilling effect of, that our society, with all its threats and intimidation and ridicule of Christian belief, but there's something on the inside of you that says, I'm going to stand up for Jesus. I'm going to know and be confident in what I believe and I'm going to know how to share it. Overcoming the timidity and fear. 
that keeps you from developing in your ministry and in your leadership. The church of Jesus Christ is where you train and learn and become strong, develop your skills and gifts, your character, your integrity, so that when you stand in the marketplace, the boss says, where did you come from? You are just what I need. That begins here. Begins here. How many of you should have years ago been cell leaders? But you've become cell leavers. Don't you know what God's doing for you? You learn to lead a cell, you will learn people skills, management skills, communication skills, ability, discernment, and, 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 and leadership in such a way as you will stand head and shoulders of anybody else with the experience you've had. And God will give it to you in this house. So you can go and live out your faith in the workplace. Hmm. Overcoming leads to success. Deepening your relationship with God. Overcoming the pull of the flesh. And standing firm in the face of opposition. Hebrews 12 verses 3 to 4. Amazing passage. For consider him. Who endured such hostility from sinners. Against himself. Lest you become weary. And discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed. Striving against sin. <laughs> I don't. If you just read that last bit. You Hebrew believers. You think you've had it bad. None of you shed any blood yet. There are no martyrs among you yet. What's that mean? It's coming. <laughs> I thought this was supposed to be a word of encouragement. But remember, whatever happens, we win. Amen? Yeah. Nothing can separate us. We win. So he says, think about Jesus. Think about how Jesus faced, wherever he went, such incredible hostility, anger, and attack against his own person. And when you think about that, you will be encouraged. Why? Oh, well, he had a bad, that's encouraging. So if I have a bad, at least I'm in good company. Well, if you start thinking like that, I suppose you're getting there, but that's not the point. The point is that the same overcoming, powerful, demon-destroying Jesus who existed in the world and ministered in the world is living in you and giving you his very same overcoming power and overcoming capacity. I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. 
You don't know who you are yet, do you? Because you don't know who he is. When you know who he is and who he is in you, you will rise up and say, 2016, I'm going to win. I'm going to overcome. Nothing is going to push me down. Nothing is going to break me because whatever happens, good or bad, it may look this way, may look that way, but I am going to win because I'm an overcomer. Jesus stood successfully against opposition. And even when it looked like everything had gone wrong, even his closest associates looked at him and thought he was crazy and thought the whole thing was over. And they said, we don't want to be part of this anymore. We put our trust in you and you have just lost, baby, big time. We're going fishing. Jesus said, Didn't you you understand? (laughs) Don't you know what has happened? I have entered the very gates of hell and invaded the grave. And that means from now onwards, we, you are set free and you will never see condemnation ever. So often, we try to judge success by the world's terms. But success was for Jesus, wearing a crown of thorns, his hands bound, bleeding, blood pouring forth from his body as his scourging tore every ounce of flesh from the external parts of his body. Being led away to be crucified and killed as a common criminal Who would not have said, look at him now. And I tell you, I am so sure that there was a party in hell that day. We've won. We look out in the world today, we see Christianity being ripped out of the core of our society. We see false religions, false ideologies, subjugating, pushing, persecuting, oppressing believers. Our fellow brothers and sisters are being killed by the hundreds, by the thousands, all over the world. And the devil is shouting, I've won. But we know that the crucifixion was not just an execution. The crucifixion was a blood sacrifice that pays the price of sin. And that it's the blood that destroys Satan's power over our lives. And as long as we're submitted to God, 
whatever afflicts us, whatever people point to and say, look at you, it's game over for you. Oh no, oh no, we're in training for reigning. All of this happens for a purpose so that we can become strong. And in that future manifestation of the kingdom of God, we'll be seated with Christ and we will know how to share his rule and share his authority because we have overcome in our lives. Thank you.